Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, Saints. Praise the Lord. Amen. Also, want to let everybody know that we have a new way of actually. I found out something very new and very interesting. Not really new and interesting, but something that's going to benefit us a lot. I know oftentimes we always talk about recording services and wish that we could go back. There's something very interesting that's come up. I'll tell you after the service, but for right now, I just want to uh, jump right in uh, to the word. Um, so uh, the topic today that I'm going to speak about is not forsaken, but preserved. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, as I was doing yard work yesterday, um, you know, I was in meditation. A lot of times, you know, for me and people have poked fun of it, but... I I meditate, um, you know, with God in uh, various parts of the day. Mm-hmm. When I'm in my quiet place and I'm quiet, that's when I really meditate with God more so than sometimes when I pray at night. Um, it's something that I have enjoyed, um, you know. So sometimes when I'm cutting the lawn, I put on worship music, and it's my time to med- meditate. And I talk to God. He talks back to me. Mm. Um, sometimes I'm doing the dishes. Sometimes I'm, um, you know, can just be uh, times I'm working out. Sometimes I'm walking. Um, sometimes I'm in my car. Um, you know, these things are good. I encourage every believer to take some quiet time. Yes. Just quiet time because... It's so beneficial to just have quiet time set aside where you can meditate and your thoughts. You can you can just, you know, go for a walk every day, listen to worship music and just just allow God to speak to your heart. You speak to him. It is such a a release Mm -hmm. from everything in the world, Um, you know. Do it, do it if you if you work out, do it when you work out. Uh sometimes on our lunch breaks when we're at work, you know. Um, you know, when we're driving home, when we're driving uh somewhere, you know, uh that stillness is uh is so key in, in believers' lives. So I encourage you all to do it. Um but I was meditating yesterday and God really just uh, spoke to me about some things and I became really overwhelmed with great gratitude to where God has brought me and where I am going, where I'm coming from. And I was taken back, uh, you know, to just disappointment after disappointment in my life, shortcoming after shortcoming in my life, Mm -hmm. words that were spoken over me that were not of God, Mm. that were meant to Tear me down. Mm. And how far, how long it has, you know, I've been able to hold my integrity, to hold my character mm-hmm. and not change who I was and who I am. Bless him, Lord. You know, I remember, you know, those those peak times. And, you know, I've always I always say this when I'm when I'm talking and I'm ministering to young people. And I, and I always say this in normal, everyday language when I talk to people. And I said, every villain has a story. Mm-hmm. 
I said people are not just bad. You see, some people that resent church and resent God hardcore, just have a conversation with them. And I guarantee you that 99% of them are going to tell you the reason why they're resentful against church and God is because they were either hurt when they were a child by somebody in the church or in their adult life, they were hurt by somebody in church. So because of that, they rebel and they repel against anything that is of God. You you check it out. It means that. And um, and that's the reason why I say every villain has a story. You know, even in, in some of these movies that we watch, these villains that are cold-hearted villains, and then they show you that they once were normal people who lived normal lives, who who were good people, who, who believed in good principle. But it, it was the shaking and the aching of life that turned them to change character and they lost integrity and now they became the villain. Mm, Jesus. There's bitterness in that. There's unforgiveness in that. What happens is as believers, when we allow life and disappointment, shortcomings, words spoken over us that are not in God, we lose character, we lose integrity and ultimately, we will become a villain. Because bitterness, because unforgiveness has settled in our life. Yes, Jesus. Instead of being a light of Christ, we become an advocate for darkness. Jesus. Under the cloak of being a child of God. So I remember story, the story of Job and Joseph. And as I just thought, and I just thought about where God has led me, and I said, but Lord, it is truly you who has kept me in character and has kept my integrity for these years. Thank you, Jesus. Because I look back at some situations and I said, I had every right to lash out. I probably had every right to take action. Jesus. But I remained humble. And I chose not to answer. Wow. And I kept my my character, my integrity. And it's only because the love of God and the grace of God that is in my heart. Thank you. God. It's not of my own strength. Because there were many times I was angry. There were many times I, I was sad. There was many times I, I, I cried. But still, I would wake up the next day and go back to being me. Prior without fail. Hallelujah. I don't, you know, being angry. You know, going to a job and just hating it, miserable. And when I go walk in the door, I'm smiling and I'm willing to go above and beyond and still do my work with excellence. Mm. It, it was something in me that couldn't allow myself to break down 
and because something else, and that was the love of God. That was the grace of God. That was God's pre- that was God's preservation in Amen. me. Amen. Amen. And as I get to that, I want to just pause right there. And like I said, as we remember Job and Joseph, they both have stories of redemption and preservation. With Job and Joseph here, here are two characters mm-hmm. in the Bible that lost everything, so to speak. Hmm. And it had seemed that God had forgotten them. But in due season, because of their unwavering faith, they were rewarded a thousandfold for what they had lost. Yes. The most prominent moments of these two individuals in the Bible is when Job's wife said to him, you might as well curse God and die. Hmm. And Job said, you speak as a foolish woman. That, I think, was a prominent moment because she is his help me. That, that is his help me. If anybody else in the world was telling him to give up, if anyone else in the world was telling Job that God hates you, that you're a failure, that your life is over, that is it. The one person that should stand with him was his wife. Yes. His rib, his help meet. Yes. Because that is what a help meet is for. Yes. But his help meet turned on him in that moment and said, You might as well curse God and die. All the people die. Of all the people, but God allowed it to show Job mm. that I am upholding you. Yes. Not your wife, not your friends, That's right. not Tom, Dick, and Harry, but I. Mm-hmm. He said, you speak as a foolish woman, and he rebuked her. And that was an act of faith because he rebuked her at that time. The second most prominent moment I look at is a moment with Joseph. And Joseph being reunited with his brothers in Egypt and his brothers finding out his identity that here, the governor in whom we ask for corn in the midst of a famine, lo and behold, this is the same brother that we thought was dead, that we had sold into captivity. Took his Jesus. And Joseph looked at them. He forgave them. And with humility said, it's okay, because what you meant for evil, God meant for good. These are two characters that they showed what it was like to maintain integrity and character while they were going through 
the most difficult things of their life. That is where your faith shows. You see, faith is shown when you are able to to maintain character and maintain your integrity when you are going through the worst. Because people won't remember you for anything else but how you responded in the situation. Nobody cares. Uh, nobody cares about your feelings, but they only want to know how did you respond? Because we live in a world where people, they expect the worst from us automatically. Good or bad. People expect for you to break down. Some people only tell you things because they expect for you to break down. Their purpose of their words are meant nothing more than to tear you down mentally and spiritually. And when they see that you don't fall by the advice of their words, there's some people that will go out of the way because they want to see you fall. They want to see you react that is contrary to your character or your integrity. The enemy of our souls wants us to be contrary to the spirit of God that is in us. That tells us that greater is he that is in us that is in the world. So if he can break, if he can cause us to break character and break integrity in those moments Mm -hmm. it's like an act of Mm -hmm. unfaithfulness yes Jesus and that's ultimately what he wants us to do Jesus for these two bold statements of faith and integrity it, it it these these Men, after they continually had experienced failure after failure, loss after loss, still they worshiped God through it all. Through it all. Their statements in the midst of proving God was enough to show that their faith. Their character. I'm not saying that they didn't have thoughts and doubts and that they were scared and at times they may have been concerned or worried mm-hmm. but with their action and with their mouth mm-hmm. they still profess God yes. and professed his supremacy above what they were going through yes often times in life we think that God's delay is his denial when actually his delay is preparing the way. Yes. So true. For we are not forsaken, but we are being preserved. Yes. And with that, I want to pause and we're going to go to the dictionary. Because part of preservation is... It is pruning and purging, Uh right? 
So if we look at pruning in the verbal sense, right, it says to reduce, especially by eliminating super uh, to eliminating matter. Right. To remove. To prune away. Right. To cut off back parts for the better shape or more fruitful growth. Yes. To cut away what is unwanted are mm-hmm. superfluous. Mm-hmm. So the word purge in the the in the verb sense says to purge, right? To rid of unwanted quality, mm-hmm. condition, or feeling. Mm-hmm. Right? To free some one or something from an unwanted quality, condition, or feeling. Mm-hmm. So similar words are to cleanse, to clear, to purify, to wash, mm-hmm. to strive. Mm-hmm. Right? The word says, cleanse me, O God. And know my heart. Right? Purge me with hyssop. Purify my heart. Wash me so I may become whole. The word, so there's the word strive, absolve. All these mean to free someone from or make someone pure of. To remove a group of people considered undesirable from an organization or place an abrupt and or displace in an abrupt and violent way. Mm-hmm. Right? Similar to remove, to get rid of, to clear out, to sweep out, to expel, to eject, to exclude, to evict, to dismiss. Right? I, I, to sack, to oust, mm-hmm. to axe, to dispose, to eradicate, mm-hmm. to root out. To weed out, mm-hmm. to score, right? Now we've heard these terms in different things, mm-hmm. right? In other words, God with the children of Israel, when He commanded them to eradicate something, right? Or He said that they would be eradicated for for disobedience, right? So all these things are are in it. Another similarity word is to rid, to clear, to cleanse. There's that word again, to empty, to strip, to scour, to void, and depurate. Physically remove or expel of something completely. Yes. We look now at the word preserve, right? To conserve. Psalm 16. To protect, right? To maintain, to care for, taken care of, to look after, to save. To safeguard, to keep, mm-hmm. right? 
opposite, the opposite of that would be to damage, to neglect, to retain, right? Or to continue to con- con- to conserve, to keep up is another word, to keep alive, to keep going, to maintain, to continue with, to uphold, to sustain, to prolong, to perpetuate. <laughs> the opposite of that would be to discontinue, mm-hmm. to abandon. Yes. It means to maintain or keep alive. Similar words, again, to guard, to protect, yes, to keep, to defend, to safeguard, to secure, to mm-hmm. shelter, to shield, mm-hmm. to screen. Mm-hmm. You might have heard that the Lord protects us mm-hmm. in his strong tower, mm-hmm. right? We are secure in his wings, mm-hmm. right? We are secure in his shelter, And in his shield or buckler, right? Yes. He guards us. He tells us to guard our mind. Mm -hmm. Right? We often say we must maintain our salvation. Yes. Right? We must safeguard our minds. Preserved. Mm -hmm. We must protect at all costs our heart. Preserved. Mm Mm-hmm. So all these are, 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 are words meaning of preserve. So this is a question for the church, and this is where you can speak back to me. So from the definition of all that I have written, are we in agreement that to, to prune something or to purge something, that means that we preserve it? Am I correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. I didn't hear everybody. Am I correct, saints? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So now that we establish that to prune something or or to purge something is to preserve it, let's take a look at some other scriptures and follow along with me. In case you're not getting it yet, all you need to know up until this point is that God just as a tree is pruned because we want to preserve it so it bears more fruit. So, so God, he prunes our lives. Mm-hmm. He purges our lives of things that don't need to be there. Mm-hmm. So that way we can be more fruitful to this world and the kingdom of God. Yes, yes. So that's all you need to know. So Isaiah 27 and 3 says, I, the Lord, do keep it. I will water it every moment, lest any hurt it. I will keep it night and day. The Lord is saying that I will preserve it. I will preserve you. I will protect you. I will not allow anyone to hurt you. John 15, it says, I am the true vine, yes. and my father is the husbandman. Mm-hmm. Every branch that is in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, mm-hmm. that it may bring forth mm-hmm. more fruit. Amen. Now ye are clean through the word 
which I have spoken unto you. There's that word, clean. What was that another word for? Purged or pruned. Listen to the word. It says, abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye do except ye abide in me. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. Uh He that abideth in me and Mm -hmm. I in him, Mm -hmm. the same bringeth forth much fruit. Mm -hmm. For without me, ye can do nothing. nothing. Without me maintaining you, without me preserving you, Mm -hmm. you will not be able to bear fruit. Amen. (laughs) So here's what I'm getting at, saints. It's never over when God is in charge. No. Sometimes God's delay is not his denial. Just because he tarries, it does not mean that he is not listening, that he is not there because his delay is his preservation for the promise that he has for us. It may seem like a long wait that we've been traveling as a church. But I believe that part of it has been preservation. I believe that God has purged us of some things. Mm -hmm. That he is pruning us. Mm -hmm. Lest we get a building and we can't keep it. All right. Come on, Jesus. Mm. Would you give your son or your daughter... Something that they could not maintain. All right. All right. Would you pay a high dollar price and give them something that they didn't know what to do with it? Mm. When you spend all that money, but they throw it around like it's a piece of rock. Mm. I'm pretty sure we wouldn't. Because if we do that, we want them to know the value of it. Mm-hmm. When we buy somebody a gift, we want them to know the value of it, not necessarily in price, but the value of the gift that we are giving them. Mm. If you don't know the value of the gift that is given to you, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to give you a gift. Mm. Not going to treat it right. Because you don't know the value of it. Mm. Would you give your five-year-old a gold bracelet to go to school with? When they're in kindergarten? And they don't know the value of it? Mm. And they lose it? And you spend hundreds of dollars for it? So Psalm 37, 16 and 28, listen to this scripture because this has something to it. Psalms 37, 16 through 28. And it says, a little that a righteous man hath is better than riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken but the Lord upholdeth righteousness. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. 
they shall not be ashamed in the evil time. And in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish. And the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume into smoke shall they consume away. The wicked borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. For such as he blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that are cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighteth in his ways. Though he fall, he should not utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now am old, and yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor the seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Mm -hmm. Depart from evil, do good, and dwell forevermore. Mm -hmm. Now listen to this one. Listen to this verse, most important verse. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. Mm-hmm. Did we see that word? He's forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved. Mm-hmm. So when we look at when we look at the scripture, it's telling us that our right. steps are ordered that, you know, and that's the reason why we can't look at other people's blessing and envy them. We can't look at what other people have and be envious and say, I want that. Or why don't I yet? Because the word says he orders your steps. If you are a child of God, Amen. which means that his preservation, if he says, wait, He's seeing what's ahead and he wants to prepare the way for you and protect and protect us and preserve us. Mm -hmm. Amen. If you were walking with a young child across the road, how many of us would say, wait to the child and put your hand there and shield them from walking forward? Mm -hmm. Why do we do that? Because we are seeing the danger that the child can't see. We're seeing the cars. These kids can't see it. They will run out and they could either get hurt or they can be killed. So as a parent, we, we shield them and we said, wait, wait, stop right there. And we put our hand and we shield them. And then when it is safe, we say, okay. Now walk and we hold a good parent will hold their hands Mm -hmm. 
and walk them across the street. But you see, sometimes kids are antsy. They, they, they're only seeing what's at the end of the street and they're not seeing that the journey through the street, they have to be careful. They're antsy. They just see the ice cream store or they just see the playground and that's all in their mind. So, so they're running across the street with haste because that's what, that's what's on their mind. I need to get to the ice cream store. I need to get to the playground and they're not seeing the danger because they're so caught up into what they want. Mm. But you, the parents, see the danger and you're telling them, slow down. Don't worry. We're going to get there. But you cannot run across the street. Mm-hmm. Likewise, if the Bible says that then God is being like a good father who knows what to give his child, mm-hmm. then isn't our heavenly father no. sometimes yes. when he says, wait, isn't he shielding us from the Amen. dangers on the pathway yes. to our blessing? Yes. But we are in that hustle mode, right? Mm-hmm. We're in that hustle mode, that zeal. We want it. We must have it. That we're not realizing that there could be dangers on the path. And God is saying, wait till the danger has cleared itself. And then you can go. During the Passover, he told the children of Israel, wait for the death angel to pass. And then you are free to do what you want. Right now in the time of the pandemic. People, pe- people are so, they, they want to get back to their normal lives. And I understand that. Believe me, I want to too. Everybody is taking a toll. Everybody's life has changed. Both physically, mentally, spiritually. But we must continue to wait. Because there's dangers that we may not be seeing and we're just saying, I want my normal life. I want to go back to the movies. I want to go back to the restaurants. I want to go back here to my friend's house and and I want to go back here. I want to do this again. I want to do this again. But God is saying, they're they're, they're saying, wait, there's dangers that you don't know may be out there. Just wait. Wait. And there's many people because they refuse to wait mm-hmm. because they have said it's hogwash mm-hmm. and Christians alike out there who have said, I have faith mm-hmm. and my faith will keep me. I'm not going to get sick. They have fallen ill or they have died. Oh, yes. And the foolishness mm-hmm. of trying to save their own life, they lost their life. You see the word, and, and listen, to, and as a matter of fact, that was the next scripture that I even wanted to bring up because Luke 17 and 33, it's actually in multiple situations in the Bible, but in Luke thir- 17 and 33, it says, whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall pr- preserve it. Now... I heard the scripture several times. 
several times. And I thought about it and I always used to think about it in the sense of if we're afraid to die, then we're almost dead or something to that effect. It never really <clears throat> it never really clicked because the way I look at it is, is that, well, doesn't God want us to have a good life? So how does he say then if we love our life, we shall lose it? Aren't we supposed to love our life? But it clicked this morning. It, it, it clicked. It, 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 it really clicked to me where I had to put it in my notes. And God brought it to my understanding. And I'm going to read some other translations. Listen to what they said. And if you're not getting it, I will explain it. And, and uh, these are translations I typically don't read from. But I found it interesting of their wording. And from an AMPC translation, it says, whosoever tries to preserve his life will lose it. But whosoever loses his life will preserve and quicken it. The CEB translation says, whosoever tries to preserve his life will lose it. But whosoever loses their life will preserve it. Now in the King James it says, whosoever shall, shall seek to save his life shall surely lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life shall keep it. But in these ones, the word that we look at is preserve. And this is, the un, this is what God brought to me. And this is what I want to bring. And this is so dynamic because I never thought about it this way until now. Many of us distance ourselves from the things of God. And it's by carnality of our spirit. It's by, it's by carnal nature that we do this. We distance ourselves and in getting involved with the things of God because we do not want it to interfere with our lives that we have. Because we want to preserve the way we live and we don't want to change our lives, we refuse to get involved in certain activity in the Lord. Because we wish to preserve it, right? So we would rather, so what we do is we are cutting off the things of God, right? Because we want to preserve the false comfort of this life. But God is telling us that you will surely lose your life this way. Listen to what Matthew, listen, listen to what, uh, you know, and, and, and there was even more Matthew 6 and 33. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in all things shall be added unto you. The act of preserving the things that are of comfort, mm -hmm. right? We're losing our life on the spiritual end because, and, and let me just put it in layman's terms, right? 
The Bible says that many are called, but few are chosen. Hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. The reason why few are chosen is because few are willing to give up their life. Right? So they're, they're, they're not, few are willing to lose their life to gain it. <laughs> and most people don't want to lose their life. And that's what the word says. This is what the word is saying, is that we want to protect our lives. So we rather not get involved in it because we know what it requires of us. It requires more time. It requires us to be more involved in it and less involved in other things. <clears throat> even, <clears throat> even to the unsaved people, they don't want to serve God. Why? Because they're in fear, right? They're in fear that they will have to give up something. I once heard somebody said, I love playing my music. And if I serve God, then I will have to give up that music. Or they're too attached to their to a certain friend or someone they're dating. Okay. So because they 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 know that they have to give up that person, they can't serve. They don't want to serve God then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because <clears throat> They would rather stay in false comfort uh -huh. than give that up so they could have life. And have God. Oh. Some people are called to do things in church work, mm -hmm. but we wouldn't get involved. Why? Mm -hmm. Because that disturbs our life that we have. All right now. So we know that it takes preparation. Commitment. It takes commitment. Mm -hmm. It takes consistency. Mm -hmm. The more involved you are, the more uninvolved you can be in certain aspects of life. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to be as involved mm -hmm. because we know that we have to give up that portion. Can't join the church for I have to pay tithes. There's some people... And right, that's one. There's some people that they never commit to a relationship. Why? Because that means that they have to give up something mm -hmm. on the other side. Mm -hmm. They have to give up a freedom, a false freedom that they have, so they never commit to anybody. Hmm. Our our young people have devised and they've come up with this way of you don't have to get married. Live together. You don't have to be married. It's just a title. We can we we're we're supporting each other. We're doing everything that we are doing. Mm -hmm. So we don't need to be married. It's a formality. It's a traditional thing. That's what young people are saying. Because they're in fear. What they're saying is marriage is lockdown. Mm -hmm. Commitment. But that's commitment. Isn't that what marriage is? It's commitment. Amen. If I'm committed to you, then that means I'm not committed to anyone else. And if I refuse to commit to you, that means that I, I'm committed to someone else out there. 
Remember, the the scripture says you can't love God and mama at the same time. You, it, the reason why it says that is because you can't be 100% committed to God and still love the world and be out there. There's no way. No way. Not possible. When I meet people and they tell me, oh, I love God in my heart. But, I don't go to church and I don't, I don't, but I love God and God is with me. Mm-hmm. I said, you're fooling yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're fooling yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if you really love God and the love of God is in your heart and you're committed to God, then the things of God would be in your heart. You would not have to wrestle with going to church because going to church is a commit. It's part of your commitment. It's written in the contract of your salvation. So don't tell me foolishness. If there's another reason why you ain't going to church, you don't like the pastor, you don't like the people, you feel uncomfortable, you don't have this, then tell me the truth. But don't tell me that you love God and you don't need to go to church. That's Mm. foolishness. My, 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 my. It's a bunch of hogwash in the pit of hell. Yes, Jesus. When we say we love God, but we can't commit to his work. That is disobedience. Mm-hmm. Disobedience is open Sin. rebellion against God. Mm-hmm. And we wonder why revelation started with the church and then the unbelievers. All right, no. Because God says judgment will come to my house first. first. Hallelujah. Because we say with our tongue that we are committed to God. We say with our tongue that we love God, but there's nothing within us that is really committed to God because we rather save our earthly lives and lose our eternal life. Yes. When the Bible tells us it's the other way around, when you save your eternal life, then you have a real life. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's impossible to love God and not be committed to his kingdom or his body or his work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You say whatever you want to say. It's impossible. Yes. Because if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If when you love me, my issues become your issues. My pains become your pains. Yes. Can't give pearls to swine. <laughs> wow. Jesus. Hallelujah. As I reflect on my life and as I as I reflect on where I've come and I'm coming down with this as I reflect on everything and I reflected, I reflected on my years spent at Sears when I've had managers look me in the eye and tell me, I don't know what to do with you. You're terrible. You're a disgrace. Jesus. They said, maybe I should just fire you right now on the spot. And they looked at me and just shake their head like you're just a lost cause. Mm. 
When I used to be in the sales department, people used to walk past me. My own coworkers walk past me and make joke. How much sale you got, Nate? How how much? Oh, how much sale you got, Jack? Oh, I, I did four thousand. How much sale you got, Nate? They know how much I got. You know why? Because there's a report that we read every day that show us where we're at. Mm-hmm. And yes, I was consistently at the bottom. And while people were in the thousands, I, I was probably under 500. Mm. It, it, it messed with me hardcore. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I endured it is because I said, but God, it allows me to do your work. And if I go out there and get another job, they're going to work me every Sunday. And I cannot do that to the church. Jesus. I said, I cannot do that to the church. I said, Jesus. my God, I can't do that. The church Jesus. needs me. Yes, Lord Jesus. I sacrificed income. Yes. Some said, oh, you have room on board and you could do that. Mm. It's a bunch of crap. I sacrificed. Sacrificed that income. A grown man taking home $300 every two weeks. Mm. I would give I would give to the house and say, here, whatever I can help do. And they just look at me, my parents would just look at me and said, just keep it. It's all right. Mm. Here, just give me, give me, give me this or give me that. Mm. People, people, you see, people look on the outside. And when you see, when you're in the midst of something, people want to look and people love to run their mouth and don't know nothing about what's going on. Yes. They didn't know what state I was in. I had dated people and they didn't want to be with me because they told me I wasn't a man because I couldn't support them. Do you know what that feels like? I had friends who wanted to do things I couldn't do. Jesus. I was by myself. But I was, I was patient with the Lord. And I said, Lord, I'm doing your work. This is why I'm doing it. Some days I couldn't bear it. Some days I would walk through the front door and I wouldn't say a word to my parents. Mm. It would be all over my face. I would go and I would do it week after week, month after month. For nine years, I did it. For nine years, I was told you're nothing. You're not going to become of anything. Jesus. By women who I dated, by managers, by friends that looked at me sideways when they came to the counter, all dressed up with their name badges. And to think 10 years from now, 10 years out of high school, and here I am working at Sears, $6 an hour. Wow. Never would have thought I skipped my 10-year reunion because I was too embarrassed to go. Jesus. People don't understand what that was. 
But all in my mind, I was telling myself, God, I'm doing your work. My father would tell me, Nathan, one day God is going to bless you. God is going to bless you. My mother would tell me, God is going to bless you for the work that you have done. He's going to bless you. Let me tell you something. When I made the decision to leave Sears, I prayed about it and I cried. I was offered a good job and I, I, I came before my mother and I said, what am I going to do? They're offering me a job. But I don't want to work Sundays. What will I do? I won't, I won't be able to go to church. I won't be able to, to help out. I prayed and God, he had, the, he had God, you see, when we don't want to move, God got to kick you out. Yeah. <laughs> and God just told me straight up, Nate, it's not your church, bro. All right. It's now. my church. All right now. Mm-hmm. If you have to step away, then surely someone will step up. And even if no one steps up, I, the Lord, will sustain it. All right. Mm -hmm. But God did even something better. Mm -hmm. Because when I went into the interview, the late, the job that I applied for, they told me, we're not going to give that to you. We're going to give you another job that is Monday through Friday and you won't work Sundays. Jesus. And it starts Monday. And this was on a Friday. And I said, but wait, I can't, I can't do that to Sears. I've been with them nine years. I have to give them two week notice. Here I am being loyal, keeping character. Even when I deserve the blessing, here I am keeping my integrity. And something clicked and said, why are you doing what? Here you are off. God opened the door and you're not going to walk through it. (laughs) <laughs> I I got on the phone so quick and I called my manager. I no, I didn't even call my manager. I drove straight to work. Walked in their office. I said I accepted a job today. I start Monday. I'm not going to be here any longer after 2 weeks. But if you want me, you can only have me on the weekends and I'm still not working Sundays. And if I do, it's between two and six after church. The manager looked at me and said, done. <laughs> Things begin to happen because now here I am leading I was the role model. I was the mentor for the floor where people were telling me I'm worthless. People were coming up to me, coming up to my desk saying, boy, you are some, you did such a great job. We're proud of you. People were, people were saying this. People were, I was getting awards. God was turning things around. And then a year later, yes. a year later, God blessed me with finding a woman who was born after my own heart. Jesus. 
Jesus. And her name is Charlotte. And I love you so much because you have shown me that you are truly a gift from God. Jesus. Truly. Yes. The times we've prayed together, I've cried and you've prayed for me. Mm. That I knew it was from the Lord. Jesus. And I'm saying all this to say everything I went through, I never once questioned God. But when I'm looking back at it now, I'm saying God was preserving me. God preserved me. Yes. God didn't. He was preserving me. Yes. So that way I could be better. God was preserving. He held me and preserved me. He was taking the time. What I didn't know is that these years at Sears, they weren't worthless because God was, he was pruning me. He was shaping me Mm -hmm. into the man that I need to be. And that's what I got from that lesson. At any time, every single time, I think back and I said, man, I just wish, and I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I didn't spend all those years at Sears. I wish I would have gotten a new job sooner. And and I talk and I said, man, I wish I would have did this. I wish I would have did this. And I'm reminded, and I'm reminded that, you know what? If you would have did this, you wouldn't be the man of God you are today. Because your path would have been different. If I would have, if after high school, I would have signed up with the Coast Guard like I probably, like I wanted to, I don't know. Maybe I would have lost my life or I wouldn't know God. I wouldn't have been here to support the work of the ministry, nor here to support my father or my mother. If I had went away to the art school in Boca Raton like I wanted to. Or I had went to Fairleigh Dickinson in New Jersey where my sisters were recruiting me. I wouldn't have been here to be an anchor for my parents. Because I followed that first law, honor thy mother and thy father. Mm. Maybe I wouldn't know God. Mm. And I would be lost. Living a different life. Yeah, I probably would have had money and I probably would have been different and and, and all these kind of things, but I would have lost my life in the process. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I don't know. But today I thank God because I know where he has brought me from. I know what he has brought me from. Yes. Because it's not easy when people have talked down to you for years and years, but yet you're still mm. holding on to God. They were only talking down to your color. <laughs> and I wasn't in my integrity, nor my character was not rocked. Jesus. I still gave 110%. Saints, there's things in our lives that are going to rock us. Yes. There's things in our life sometimes that we will have to fight for and the battle will be long and it will be bitter. Mm -hmm. 
But we have to remain character. We have to remain strong. We have to know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And that this too shall pass. That one day, 